The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. You're listening to Pure Rock Radio. Feed your addiction. This episode is brought to you by the Bleeding Old Blood Club with this important message. The Bleeding Old Blood Club believes life doesn't end at 40. Live life. Take that trip. Learn that skill. Get in the pit. Learn to skate or get back on your skateboard. Shred it up once again. Check us out on Facebook, the Bleeding Old Blood Club. You can teach an old dog new tricks. This is Chris Dodge from the band Trappist and a whole bunch of others you probably heard of, like Spaz and Infest and Despise You and Lack of Interest and stuff like that. Hey, you're listening to Radioactive Metal, and this podcast fucking rules. Active Metal. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Kareen, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a spastic episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 605, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron, and dear listeners, here's what's up. You're in quarantine. I heard a rumor about it. I'm pretty sure it's Mm. true. (laughs) You need coffee. You know how you get coffee and stay safe and support a, a, a local business, a fellow metalhead, a fellow American. Um, for those of you international listeners, you may not give a crap about that last part, but still <laughs> support us anyway. Um, damn it. Like I always keep these things in my mailbox so I can find them. I can never find out what I want. So subscribe to True Call Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Buy Metalheads for Metalheads. Fantastic coffee. If you subscribe before May 14th, you will get... Oh, my goodness. He's got to start just, like, writing in the email what the hell these things are. Here we go. I got him here. Yeah, I say, yeah. a Korean, a Korean tech death, yeah. right? Hailing mm-hmm. from Montreal, mm-hmm. uh, featuring members of Cretopsy, 
Cattle Decapitation, Augury, and Neuroxis. Am I close Neur- on that one? Neuroxis, yeah, great band. And then Eternal Armageddon is a black thrash metal band based in Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that's fun. So, it's international, it's delicious, and until further notice, it's 20% off. Use the code SMALLBUSINESS when you sign up. Drop Sean a note. Tell him we sent you. Tell him we're going to send him dick pics. That way he'll definitely know it's us. Um, Because, you know, that's the kind of tomfoolery we do here. And (laughs) if, like, so not only does Mr. Coffee Bean Ocalta do fantastic, and I mean fantastic coffee, right? He also dabbles in pretty much everything. He's a bit of a renaissance man. Mm-hmm. And um, the mugs are back on the True Cult Coffee store. Uh, True Cult Coffee lost their supplier. Their supplier shut their doors. There's been lots of businesses that are not surviving um, the pandemic. There's It's, it's going to be a very interesting next few years to see what happens, how the economy plays out. And not just here in the U.S., not just in Canada, where my co-host Snowy is. Um, but but really worldwide. I mean, this this has been a worldwide pandemic, right? It's it's affected everybody. And I mean, in our lifetime, Snowy, this is probably the closest we have to what our grandparents experienced with the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. You know, it is. I mean, it's it's crazy to think about. So, you know, you've got that com- coming on. But I bring it back to this. So Sean figured out how to screen print his own mugs. So the mugs you're going to get in the True Call Coffee store are actually going to be um, printed in-house by Sean. And if you check out Embodiment Printing, check them out on Instagram. If you check out trve.kvlt.coffee, you'll probably see that Embodiment is either liking or following True Call Coffee, Embodiment Press. Used to be Junk Drawer Press. He is doing custom small batch printing. So if you're a band, if you're a business, if you you know know somebody who has a local business, businesses can support each other. Um, get Sean doing that for you too, because man, he's he's good. He does good work. I've talked about the pins and things that I've gotten here on the air. Um, just man, yeah, he'll he'll send me stuff every now and then, and he's printing. He just does really really good work. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely your one stop shopping for all of your cool stuff. And yeah, like like, ass, like you said, yeah, yeah, and like you said, this is a legit metalhead making very metal products for us us metalheads. And what I like about it. You know, is with everything that's going on, yeah, the coffee is being delivered right to my door because I, my domestic, my domestic situation, I have to be extra careful with what's going on in the world right now. So if that's one less reason for me to step out, you know, then I'm all for it. So thank you. Thank you, Mr. Ocalta, for everything you do with True Cavalt Coffee, TrueCavaltCoffee.com. Check them out. Well, man, um, first of all, I want to say may the 4th be with you, my friend. May the 4th be with you, sir. Right, right, because as we speak, as we are saying this, as you and I are sitting down and yapping about this, it is May 4th, and the reason why that is a big thing is because we're kind of Star Wars nerds and all that. So, yeah, that's, that rumor. Mm-hmm, so that's kind of, that's, that's kind of a big deal about you know about uh, when this day is such a big deal for star wars fans and it's just 
my my May Fourth started early, early this morning, like at midnight when Rise of Skywalker uh, hit the Disney Channel, and I was up 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 all night watching this. Shall we say? So yeah, it's been a long day, and I can't argue. I definitely can't argue. As well, today is also another kind of day for metalheads, metalheads, as it is one Gary Holt's birthday. Yes, it is. Happy birthday, Gary Holt. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I guess he's no longer, like, I guess there is officially no Slayer. So we not only at one point did we have to start getting used to saying, because Gary Holt, like, holy jeez, like, he goes back in my head you know that first exodus record when it first hit yeah. the new release new release rack so he was always like the main man behind exodus he joined slayer and it's like oh my god i gotta start getting used to saying gary holt of slayer you gary know like, of slayer gary holt of yeah, exodus yeah yeah it was really weird and now we have to kind of get used to saying gary holt of x slayer and all that, and I guess he's always, uh, it's definitely always going to be a part of Exodus. So, um, happy birthday! Happy birthday, Mr. him, Holt. and happy birthday, Mick Mars of Motley Crue. Apparently, it's his birthday today, according to social media. Mm. The Motley Crue official page has it up. A nice happy birthday to Mick, and it's funny because, like, the Motley Crue page has like the, a classic Mick Mars from like the '80s when he's much younger picture. Um, Nikki Six's Instagram has an older picture of him. <laughs> right on, right on. Yeah, after all these years, I'm still a crew fan. Still a crew fan myself. They're a great rock and roll band. And I went back and I was doing yoga the other day to um, Too Fast for Love, the first record. Mm-hmm. The songwriting on that record is fantastic. It really is. There are more great songs on that record than I realized, and it's a shame that those are not in regular rotation with crew fans. No, no. Like, uh, the vast majority of fans, you know, probably... Well, okay, the vast, vast majority definitely probably found them in the late the late 80s, you know, like, or early, I guess maybe the mid with, like... I'd say theater, Girls, theater Girls, thing. Girls, 88... Yeah, right. yeah, like the, definitely those, those trio of those those trio of re- oh, trio of records, theater girls, and feel good. That was when right. crew was definitely at their biggest. I came on board with oh. shout. Mm-hmm. And I remember my grandmother buying that for me at Kmart. <laughs> wow! 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 <laughs> Lately, um, speaking of the social media. Yeah. And all that. Um, Danny Filth had 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 made a couple head a uh, couple headlines recently, saying how they wanted Cradle of Filth merch available in Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like, yeah, well, um, yeah, don't hold your breath on that, buddy. But the more I thought about it, it's like I couldn't think of anyone that needs to be exposed to Cradle of Filth more than your Joe Average Walmart shopper. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny, like, at one point, like, like when you think back, like, Kmart, Kmart in the 80s and a lot of department stores in the 80s, they just put out what was popular. Be- before, mm-hmm. like, all the, 
Oh, all the craziness started. I mean, like, um, I could find Celtic Frost in my local Walmart. Wow. You know, like, I could get Walmart, my local Walmart. Or not Walmart, Kmart, Kmart. But then, like, mm-hmm. Walmart's the one that was like, well, we're not going to carry this because this is not sending a good message. You know, Kmart and A's like, ah, fuck it, let's put it out. You mm. know? <laughs> no, no, the, no matter, and I don't want to go off on a tangent here but uh, you will not find a worse message that Walmart sends out than you will find on uh, on any record that's definitely for sure but I don't want to get into that too much because we have one hell of a creature feature tonight one this gentleman is actually a long time coming for this show and has should have been on a hell of a long time ago and it ended up going into extra innings, and I was like, "Well, do we? What should what what should we do? Like, we've had past interviews that went almost an hour and all that. Should we divide it up into two? Should I butcher it or whatever?" And it's like, "No, no. Everything this man said was just absolute gold." So I decided, you know what? Let's 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 keep it all. Let's share it all. You know, everyone is definitely in need of some entertainment and content for everything that's going on in this world. So we figured maybe to kind of do things a little bit different. Um, you know, let's run run the whole thing, forego our usual segments to accommodate that. And we have something special in mind that kind of connects with what Mr. Dodge does and is and is all about. And I'm kind of looking forward to it, I got to say. Me too, man. Me yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I, I knew you would dig this. Yeah. I knew you would dig this because this is kind of more more your area than mine. But before we get on with the grunt, like my dad would say, I got a special treat here and something I want to bring uh, some attention to. Of course, it's well documented here on Radioactive Metal, and we've put Mr. Uh, Councilman from from Bur- from Burnaby, Burnaby, BC, Councilman Mr. Joey Shithead Keithley, he of DOA fame. We have mentioned over and over again, you know how he's a politician with the Green Party and all that, very successful in that area, and all that. And of course, he is of the legendary DOA. He recently had a collaboration on the acoustic guitar with the Burnaby mayor, Mr. Mike Hurley, where they got together outside and they jammed a really cool tune called We're All In This Together, kind of making the focus of the song, you know, everything that's going on in the world and how we are kind of all in this world, all in this together. And it was definitely a tribute, you know, to everyone on the front lines, all the essential workers and all that. I was definitely touched by this song, and I thought that we should maybe start the show with it. So, without further ado, this is this is the audio portion of this wicked video with DOA legendary, well, with DOA legend Joey Shithead and Burnaby Mayor Mike Hurley. Sam, 
your neighbors all across this land. And the frontline workers who fight to keep us safe. They are brave souls. By the courage, I'm amazed. said at the top of the hop here tonight creature feature long time coming as this this gentleman long time veteran within the heavy music scene and kind of a trailblazer in the whole power violence scene mr chris dodge okay he's probably best known for his work in the band spaz but he's just throughout his illustrious career He's just been involved with so many other bands, including um, Lack of Interest, Despise You, No No for an Answer, Infest, and his most recent band, and I know you got into this band as well, but um, a relapse recording artist, Trappist. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's probably where he came to your attention, because that band kind of came together through kind of their love of... Um, more the some some of the finer beers in life okay like myself i'm not much of a beer connoisseur and all that i know that's more more your area and all that but this is kind of an area that um mr dodge definitely excels in so much as he has his monthly um column no corporate beer in disciple magazine so with all of this going on and the fact that I'd had him on Facebook for about a year is <laughs> well to pull the curtain back a little. I thought, okay, now is definitely the time to sit down and pick this gentleman's brain about everything going on in his camp. So really, 
Really, we're going to just let Mr. Dodge do all of the talking because there was so much. And like I said, I just couldn't couldn't bring myself to just cut and butcher anything. All that. Let's keep it all there because now more than ever, we need stuff like this. To get us there, though, as I mentioned, um, the younger fam, fans, more current fans that are probably following the relapse product will probably know Mr. Dodge most for his work in the band Trappist, where you know <laughs> some of some of their love of the brewski comes through in all of their lyrics. So, without further ado, here's quite the chat we had with Mr. Dodge and a couple tunes from Trappist. This is Wolves in the Tap Room. And, well, the aforementioned no corporate beer. Your help. All evil shit that takes the price and I They want to free 
first and foremost, what I like to do when I start, you know, when I'm doing an interview with an artist like yourself who's been around, you've done it all, you've seen it all by now. When you see the word legendary, the legendary Spaz, the legendary Chris Dodge, what's your initial reaction to that? Well, I, you know, I cringe a little bit and it's not out of self you know like false modesty or whatever but it's you know i'm just a dude i'm not like it's not like rock star sort of thing i mean it, this is this is metal show and it's funny because like i feel like the whole power violence scene and all that sprouted out of the whole diy punk movement which is like you know anti-rock star anti-fan anti-everything so it's like i i grew up with this whole premise that like even saying the word fan is like cringeworthy or just like oh no we don't we don't have fans we don't, ah no no like you, you shun everything that 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 resembles somebody actually appreciating what you do um whereas you know in, in in the metal world in general it's 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 the exact opposite where you're you're you are putting yourself up on a pedestal and and expecting that sort of <laughs> mm-hmm. you know admiration and whatnot but um, the thing that's kind of funny for me is just that people still give a shit about spaz after all this time, you know? I mean, when, when we were playing, it was, you know, in a very, very underground sense, it was moderately successful just in that we had a small following and whatnot. But then, you know, just the fact that it had staying power over the course of a couple decades and the, the fact that there's more people who are into it now like more rapidly into it than ever before to me that's just mind-blowing you know mm-hmm. the fact that first of all that, that that many people still care about that material and, and the fact that there's even more than ever that's what blows me away are you finding because like um the spaz records have recently for the most part been re-released um yeah with with tank crimes so are you finding like your your spaz is finding you know a new odd like a whole new generation let's say i i don't know i think it just kind of keeps cascading from one generation to the other because as as the years go by everything is more and more accessible and that's just kind of the norm whereas you know if you think of early days of punk rock and hardcore and even underground like thrash metal and stuff like that it's you really had to you really had to work hard to seek out those releases and those bands and information on those bands and you're like god where can i find this record i read i read about this record in this in this photocopied zine that i just happened to read at someone else's house and and how do i find this um as opposed to now where there's just so much shit out there in the world, you know, it's just, you're on constant blast, so to Mm -hmm. speak of, (laughs) you know, new and old bands and music and media. And it's just overload. And, you know, how do you cut through that? But, um, yeah, I think just with it being around for that long, it's just the fact that there's people who care about it and that just kind of keeps, spreading out over over the years with you know if you, if you have certain people or bands who are influenced by whatever it is whether it's spaz or something else you know that's going to carry over to the next generation and just keep going and going and, and that's what i've seen and and that's what i find 
pretty astounding is that there's there are people who are influenced by that now by something that I did decades ago and yeah I, I even got I got some direct message on Instagram within the past couple of months from some some kid who was 13 he's like oh yeah I just discovered spaz and you guys are fucking awesome and you know I got this this record and this record I'm like holy shit like this I could be your grandfather that's weird yeah it's just weird it's, it's just hard to wrap my head around right on right on um yeah i'm old enough now as well to appreciate those days you know back of the fanzines the black and white fanzines and you know the snail mail instead of emails back and forth with fans and the tape trading and yeah just all of that good stuff at record stores like wow you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly well I, i'm just happy that that came back you know i, I mm. for the longest time in the 2000s you know it just seemed like every physical form of you know every every bit of tangible media was completely dead everyone was was you know ripping cds and just trading files and just like oh shit why well, I, I you know i i grew up on just enjoying just having that 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 aspect of just that tangible, you know, you look forward to receiving that record in the mm -hmm. mail or, or stumbling across it at a record store, record swap. You're like, oh, shit. Like, you know, you hit the jackpot and it's just like this, <laughs> you know, uh -huh. you know, it's like the, you found the Lost Ark or whatever. And like, oh, my God, like I've been looking for this for years and I finally found it. And, and, and it's, you know, it has way more value and it carries way more wait when you when you stumble across something like that that you that you've actually invested time in trying to find instead of you know it's like mm, yeah let me search for this mm, yeah I'll, I'll download it i'll try to remember listening to that sometime while i'm driving you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as opposed to you know I, I used to hold record covers and, and just read everything read all the liner notes all the lyrics Look at who all the members were. Look at all the thanks lists. Like, who did they thank? Uh huh. You know, That's who, how I who found out bands? lots of bands. And then start seeking out those bands. You know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was always whenever I was as a teenager, and I'd buy a metal or a punk album and all that on the bus going home, and I'm looking the band T-shirts and the thank you list, and oh yeah, yeah like I discovered yeah, so exactly. many that way. Yeah. Exactly, and so that's how you go. Okay, well, well, if they like these guys, then I'm probably gonna like these guys. So I'm gonna check this out, and it just keeps going from there. So that's, that's probably the biggest difference is just like what the internet like has done, like from when we were kids, like to now, like it's kind of changed the landscape. But I like, yeah, I agree. It's it's really cool that vinyl is making somewhat of a comeback. So is Tank oh, Crimes. Yeah they're doing vinyl as well for yeah for spaz yeah. and everything yeah they've they've re-released they didn't release let me see the the three albums um were still they're still on vinyl through 625 like max keeps repressing those so tank crimes did uh they did cds and you know digital release and and they actually did cassettes on which was kind of cool mm -hmm. but they the thing I like about Tank Crimes is they put out stuff on vinyl that was never on vinyl, like those collections, the right. um, the Sweat into the Oldies collections that were just only on CD, which is basically a compilation of like all the miscellaneous stuff, all the you know, split releases and 
and seven inches and compilation tracks and stuff like that. So having that on vinyl is pretty cool. Definitely, definitely. Who who came up with the name Spaz? Um, actually, I did because we were. It was originally Max and Dan had jammed a couple times. Like they started, I joined like two months after they started messing around with songs, and so because I was I was talking to Max and and he was telling me about like the sort of stuff they were writing. I'm like, oh, well, send me a, send me a practice template and check it out. Cause at the time I wasn't really doing anything. And, um, they were talking about recording. I'm like, yeah, well, let's, let's, let's practice. And then we'll, we'll record it and see what happens. So we, we actually practiced once together. I mean, just cause the songs, especially the, the early songs are so simple. We practiced once we, <laughs> we, we got them down and then we recorded, I don't know, like a week later or something like that. And, um, and then it just kept going from there. But when we actually, when we were in the, uh, when we were recording with uh, Bart, Bart Thurber at House of Faith, um, initially, initially they were talking about the band being called Gash, which I didn't really like. It just sounded kind of awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so we tried going up with something else. And so actually, while we were recording, I think we were, uh, we were sitting there with Bart mixing and just trying to figure out what to call it. And I actually suggested spasm at first. And then we were like, Oh, there's an, there's another band called spasm from the East coast. I think they're from Boston at the time. Like, okay, what about just spaz? Like, yeah, that's kind of funny. Okay. And that just ended up being it. Right on, right on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like, it's a word. I don't know if the kids use it today, but I remember like we're about the same age. And yeah. when we were teenagers, like we use that expression all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know? like, don't be a spaz. Yeah, it's just like someone who's, someone who's, you know, like someone at school who's a freak. And it's like, God, you're such a spaz. What's your deal? You know? <laughs> Although it's funny in, in recent years, I'd heard when, um, you probably heard about this too when the Descendants released that that album a few years back. It's called I, I don't know Spaz Spasmodicus something I don't know what it what the name is exactly, but it's supposed to be like a scientific name for someone who's a spaz. You know, okay. it's, obviously it's a joke. It's a freaking Descendants, and all these people got up in arms. I think it was mostly people in the UK because in the UK it's considered really derogatory. Like like spaz mean it's it's basically like I don't know to compare it to but but it's it's basically like a really <laughs> unacceptable term mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed mm-hmm. to here where it's just you know just like you know, like if you call someone a geek no one would would genuinely genuinely be mad at you or offended you'd be like okay yeah well you know, especially with, with I these, kind of yeah. I kind of put it in that same category <laughs> like if you call someone a spaz you're just like oh. <laughs> whatever you just kind of laugh it off it's not just like oh why you you're gonna get it you know know? now i think more than ever with the with the rise of these marvel movies and these dc movies and all that and star wars and all that being called a geek is is a compliment oh it's a badge of honor absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah certainly wasn't that way like you know, back when we were teenagers. Cause, no, you know, like... <laughs> no, you're the outcast. You weren't the cool people. You know, that's right. Tables but... have definitely turned. Oh, for sure, for sure. But I remember back then, like for some, I at least 
in my area and all that, like the metalheads and the punks and all that, we found the kinship with the with the geeks and all that because chances are, you know, you did like Star Wars though you were a metalhead or oh, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely. Well, that, you know, when you think about it, all the like all the underground metal dudes, and by metal, you know, I don't mean when I was in high school. I, I don't mean the guys who were listening to to Motley Crue and. Def Leppard and Scorpions and stuff like that. It was it was the guys in high school who obviously listened to Exodus and Metallica and Slayer and mm-hmm. Hyrax and whatever. Like all the metal dudes, all the punk dudes, all the nerds. Like everybody had this common bond because you know the more you dive into it, especially now, you find out like a lot of a lot of punks, a lot of metalheads are they are freaking geeks. That's all there is to it. It's like the whole, like you, you think about like all the record collecting and just like, yeah, yeah, I have the colored vinyl version of the, yeah, the limited. Yeah. It's the same as comic book collecting and, and all that shit. All the Comic Con stuff, like everything, It's we're all in the same boat. Mm-hmm. It's all the same mentality. It's just a different rapper, you know? <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. You're from the, near the Bay Area, right? Yeah, yeah. I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. I, I, I grew up in the South Bay and the San Jose area, and then lived in San Francisco proper through mm-hmm. through the nineties. Yeah. And people would probably know you more as a punk or hardcore or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And if you're from the Bay Area, why did you not like? Okay, you obviously know who Exodus and Testament and all that, but why yeah. did you not become a metalhead? Why did you become a punk? Well, I always liked that stuff, but I, I think just I grew up associating metal with like the whole, you know, cock rock sort of, you know, jerk stoner sort of thing. You know? right. <laughs> like like the high school guys who did have cigarettes rolled up in their sleeves and, and listen to, <laughs> you know, listen to the Scorps and, you know, right. <laughs> or, or just we're just assholes. Um, but, you know, I mean, once I, so I. I don't know. I just gravitated towards the whole punk hardcore thing just because I think I, even from when I was really young, I was always looking for something that was like, you know, faster and louder. And, you know, when, even in the seventies as a kid, listening to rock, listening to, uh, ACDC and Van Halen, Mm -hmm. which I loved and I still love, but, you know, I remember always looking for like, God, what's, what's, what's harder like I, like heavy wasn't part of my vocabulary but i'm like no i want i want hard rock like hard rock you know <laughs> which is my my infantile way of like saying i wanted something heavy mm. you know but it just i just didn't know where to go or what it was and and so just kind of stumbling across punk rock i think that that was like the transition to oh wow like these guys are are way more aggressive than anything i've been listening to and it's you know the guitars are louder and it is faster and it is you know way more punishing and and so that's you know went down that path whereas uh, you know a lot of a lot of the metal that i i suppose if i was really in the loop with with really awesome underground metal that might have been more so my thing early on, but I just didn't know about that world. I, I didn't know anyone who was part of that, but I knew people who were in the hardcore. Right. Um, 
And then, you know, eventually, you know, because I, I just associated metal with just, yeah, with just arena rock and, and just rock star bullshit. So then it was around, you know, whenever in the mid 80s that I, I realized, oh, there actually are underground metal bands who are cool. Like Exodus, that Bonded by Blood album I listened to a billion times. Mm-hmm. That I loved. Uh, you know, Kill 'Em All I loved. Um, all Slayer records, uh, just you know the the those basics, like those were all really cool. But I didn't really go down that path. But you know, eventually it it all did start crossing over. You know, late '80s, lots of crossover hardcore and metal bands and thrash and. You know, it all just became. Oh, sure. <laughs> oh I, I remember those you days know, well. Like DRI, Kurzna Conformity, Cryptic Slaughter. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned Caton from yeah. Hyrax. Like, yeah. These guys. Yeah, yeah exactly. Were, that was well, an amazing scene. Well, I remember speaking, well. Kind of, yeah. So, and, and it's funny because kind of tying in what we've been talking about, um, I do have memories of being in the, in the South Bay in the kind of late 80s. And me and my friend Wayne we'd always drop by this this comic book shop you know kind of going back to the geek thing <laughs> and talk to us there's this guy who ran this comic comic book store somewhere in san jose and uh i remember because we'd go in there he knew we we're in the hardcore he's just like oh yeah the punk rock shit yeah it's fucking stupid you should listen to him. you know whatever he was in the just like arena rock whatever and like a a year later i remember going in there he's just like yeah you guys heard uh gnostic front yeah, Agnostic Front, Cro-Mags, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, yeah. you know, it was the whole, you know, it's that whole crossover time in the late 80s when, you know, bands like DRI and Agnostic Front and, and all those, where it's, they were, you know, combat records and mm-hmm. kind of that, that whole gateway to metalheads learning about hardcore and, vice versa so for sure for sure we're called radioactive metal but obviously like we we cover the whole gamut every yeah, yeah. every form of aggressive metal or aggressive music and all that we've had you know right on. you name them we've been doing this for like 13 years now and you name them yeah and we've pretty much had them on yeah yeah well i was looking at the the number of episodes i'm like holy shit you're in the 600s that's <laughs> yeah. a lot of episodes yeah i got yeah, a lot of catching up to do <laughs> well you're here now thank you so much yeah. this is this is a <laughs> lot of fun like i like i'm i'm pushing 50 now most of my friends are like half my age okay? yeah because i'm just friends with people in the scene and all that but I've often said every once in a while, like I just gotta lose the kids for a night and hang out with guys like my age. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think you fit the bill. Like, oh no, so it, it's true. It. You know, um, it's kind of weird. I I've spent most of my life just going to <clears throat> just weird underground shows at random places. You know, backyard parties and little just you know in the the corner of a bar somewhere or a rented hall or whatever and uh i'm used to that and it really dawned on me a couple of years ago that you know going going to a few shows where i was like the only person in my my age group 
and you know, there, there's people who come up to me and we chit chat and whatever. But I'm like, this is now I'm kind of turning into like the weird old guy. Like, I'm, it's, it's like now it's it's I've kind of I'm kind of straddling that fence between it being like cool, like oh yeah, cool old school dude versus like who's that creep? Yeah, what's with Gramps who's, over there? Yeah, what, what's with what's with the middle aged creep who who keeps coming out to the shows? Guys, like, is he a cop? What's the deal? <laughs> You know? I, have, I haven't got to that yet because, you know, here in Winnipeg, the scene, it, it's a fantastic scene. Both the metal and hardcore punk scene is absolutely amazing. But I've come to know, like, it's 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 not as big, okay? Lots of bands yeah. come through, but you get to know each other really quick because we are yeah. a secondary market. So yeah, everybody, yeah. the the younger folks, they all kind of know me, so they don't see me as that creepy old guy. As a matter of fact, yeah. I spend I spend a lot of time at well, shows. Oh, well, you think talking. so? Yeah. <laughs> at, least they have, at least they haven't said anything yet. Yeah. Yeah. But They're just no. being nice. Yeah, I spend a lot of time. <laughs> um, I get eight hundred questions every show about the eighties and all that. Yeah. From the younger people and all that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But speaking of the younger folk, we're probably going to bounce around here back, back and forth, but probably the younger generation, um, if they're following the underground, will probably know you from your one of your more recent project, Trappist. Yeah, yeah. What's the wise wherefores and all that behind that? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, what was that? The, the, your project, Trappist. Yeah. What's the whys and wherefores and hows and all that behind that oh, project? Oh, it all came together. <clears throat> um, well, I was, you know, it was me and uh, the drummer, Ryan. He runs this uh, this metal burger place called Grillamall. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were we were hanging out. I think it, I think it all kind of came together. At, there was, because um, I'm, I'm one of those you know, going back to the geek thing, I'm like one of those beer nerd dudes, you know, mm-hmm. it was just like, you know, craft beer and stuff is the equivalent of comic book collecting or whatever, you know? Um, <laughs> but, um, so there was this thing with the, the local breweries here in LA, they do this battle of the bands. And, uh, I think it was during the first battle of the bands. Um, so me and Ryan were there and we we're, we're, uh, he was he was playing drums with the with the guys from Eagle Rock Brewery here. You know, just do a set of covers and, and whatnot. Okay. And um, so I was talking to him like, God, we should just do. At, at first, the idea was like, because you know, Discharge is one of my all time favorite bands from day one. And I, you know, I've always liked doing D beat sort of stuff. And but I've never I've never like really written songs like that. But okay. I've always listened to discharge and all the bands that you know disclose and the billions of other bands that that have names like that who sound like that <laughs> just because I, I like that whole db thing mm-hmm. um and just like scandinavian hardcore and mob 47 and all that um and so i i was just thinking I'm like well, god we should just do like just just write like some really quick db songs and just put out a seven inch and just have it all be about beer but but about like good beer you know because you've got all these you know crusty bands writing about like oh just getting drunk and and whatever crusty and fucked up and whatever i'm like but let's have it be like high class 
crust where it's like you're talking about drinking out of a tulip glass and you're, you're talking about like ipas and saisons and stuff like that I'm like, mm-hmm. that would be funny like we use the same imagery like we'll use all the you know the world war ii uh pictures of like airplanes dropping bombs but we'll make them kegs and we'll you know we'll just like <laughs> like let's just put together this thing just for fun and so we um we got together a couple times and it was just like two piece and i realized that uh we really needed somebody else because we, we you know kind of floundered i'm like we need someone who's you know to to pump some life into this plus i'm not a very good guitarist so oh. i hit up uh Phil Vera, who I'd known forever, who uh, plays in Despise You and Crom and mm-hmm. used to play in 16 and a billion other bands. So um, so he was into it. And, and once we got Phil involved, um, that's when it kind of morphed into like, oh, hey, actually, you know, we could, you know, I like writing these basic sort of D-beat songs or these Mob 47 sort of songs, but it's actually... You know, he knows how to play, and we could actually write some good songs, and it could be, you know, <laughs> instead of it just being kind of like a, a just a one-off seven-inch that's just kind of for fun, and and you just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. race through it. Like, well, let's actually spend time writing some songs that are kind of cool, and not like our songs are that complex or whatever, but you know, um, it just kind of went from there, and. Uh, and I've really enjoyed it. It's, it's probably like one of the favorite bands I've, I've ever done. I mean, it's probably not everyone else's favorite band that I've ever done because everyone always wants to hear about Spaz. But, uh, you know, <laughs> at, the, at this point in my life, I, I really enjoy it because those guys, like I, I get along so well with them. And we always just have, have a great time. And, and they kind of they kind of challenge me because they're, they're more metal dudes. And, you know, we have some songs that are that are more metal and and that that's just i'm not used to playing like that and it's it just helps me kind of rewire my brain as far as songwriting and um i don't know it's just fun and and it's also a challenge i I just decided okay every single song is going to be about fine beer about like craft beer (laughs) like how long how far can i take this (laughs) Just, um, yeah, that's, so that, that's, that's the challenge. Yeah, and uh, and then we we've actually we recorded we already recorded a whole bunch of songs. I, I think it was it was the end of last year. I think we recorded like fourteen or so for three different splits, and then we were working on another ten. And we were actually supposed to record this past weekend, but you know all this mm-hmm. our, our our current situation has <laughs> prohibited us from doing anything for the past five or six weeks so um but yeah so that's that's a long and short of it I, I just really enjoy doing it and uh you know I'm, I'm not trying to obviously reinvent the wheel or anything like that um you know it's not like we're breaking any any ground it's not like the when, when I was in bands like Spaz and we're trying to be like really super inventive and creative and like oh hey let's let's have a banjo in the song and let's do whatever mm-hmm. you know just just to really go way outside the box it's like this is more i'd say kind of more in the comfort zone but just focusing on the, like i just want to write songs that i want to hear that there i think go. are enjoyable and that are more 
more memorable you know i want i want to be able to remember it after i've heard it and and be able to sing along to it because i love stuff like that right on right on yeah um you had no problems finding a home for it like relapse was all in right away yeah yeah surprisingly i you know i um i hit up uh scotty my first stop was was scotty um at tank crimes Mm-hmm. And he would had already committed to a bunch of stuff. One of them being the you know all the spaz issues he was already mm-hmm. doing. Um, and he couldn't work on anything soon. And then we hit up the guys at Relapse, and right away they're like, "Yep, yep, sounds good. Let's do it." And um, and I'm really glad that we do with that because they were so they were so supportive and so behind it, and they really went above and beyond as far as promoting it and getting the word out there and being really creative with ideas as far as promotion and stuff. And that that's really what I wanted out of it was just to be able, just someone who was going to help get the word out, not mm-hmm. someone to just put out a record because anybody can do that. But like, well, you know, I don't, I don't run a label anymore and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not like self-promoting anymore that much and you know aside from you know maybe i'll post something on my instagram now and then but that's about it i'm not gonna go on some major promo campaign or really pushes um but the fact that someone else wants to to me is is a huge deal so right on right on right on and you definitely you know going along the line of trappist you haven't made yeah you know, like your love of the craft beer the fine beer and all that that that's definitely no secret you know going so far as appearing like your column no corporate beer in, in decibel yeah yeah how did yeah, that I was, all come about i was just i was just lucky um as albert was uh was just nice enough to to ask me one day because um you know, Adam, who did the previous beer column, the Brutal Brutal Truth column, uh, which he'd done for, I think, 10 years, mm-hmm. he was stepping down because um, he just wanted to focus more on writing features and stuff like that for the magazine. And he told me that he was, he was going to quit doing that. And then soon after that, um, Albert hit me up. He's just like, hey, what do you think about doing a column you know since uh since adams isn't going to be in there anymore yeah sure (laughs) sure why not because i because i was at that point um i was traveling so much and and that's really that's really my hobby and and kind of my passion it's like i'm not a, a record collector or anything like that but that's really i'm really into beer tourism i i like what, whatever city I go to, I like finding local breweries and just talking to people there and hanging out and trying stuff. And, and uh, I don't know. To me, that that's what's cool is just making that connection, just being able to hang out with <clears throat> with people wherever I go. You know, I just like for the sure. social aspect of it, really. Right on, for sure, for sure. That's what's important. With with this. Okay. Do you did you ever do you ever have you getting gotten any flack back from like the straight edge scene of the hardcore world? Like you're always talking about beer and all this. Like have you gotten any you know negative no. feedback about that? Not really. I, I don't. I don't see why anyone would give me a hard time. Well, <laughs> there's plenty of straight edge ba- bands out there, and it's not like you know if I was 
if I'd previously played in Youth of Today or something, maybe someone would be like, hey, what's going on? You know? <laughs> You're breaking edge. <laughs> but, yeah, I, it, I think the only time, the only time it kind of got any sort of flack as far as that goes was probably way back like one of my first bands uh the band sticky when we, we used to play at gilman and we had um uh, we were we were fans of all the we we weren't straight edge i mean we weren't big time you know druggies or mm-hmm. you know boozers or whatever anyway I mean, we we basically were straight edge ourselves um but i mean but we didn't proclaim it or anything like that uh, but we were fans of all those bands. Like we really liked Youth of Today and and Bold and No for an Answer and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then we wrote uh, on our our album. We had this song called Jesus Fantastic, where it was just basically saying we're we're kind of ripping on the whole straight edge scene, just in that how generic all the songwriting was lyrically. And just how okay well you like every song is about being positive and being straight and yeah we get it and we agree with it but say something else like do be original do something else you mm-hmm. know we were, we weren't saying your message sucks we were saying that's a great message but do something yeah do what something else you original. got to say yeah yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so that's the one that people took umbrage with uh, there was this this band. Um, from up there called they're originally called Rabid Lassie and then when you said today came through uh, Ray Capo told them hey you should change your name to Breakaway so they changed their uh-huh. name to Breakaway and <laughs> they were like you know, like kind of a more hardcore straight edge band well, well they they were friends of ours but then when the album came out uh, they got really pissed off at us uh, I don't know why we, we weren't <laughs> weren't attacking them in any way or we never said anything bad about them but i think just in their their straight edgeness they Uh they got very angry with us i remember when one of the last shows we ever played at gilman uh they people in the pit like they were trying to stop the pit like they're trying to stop people from moshing (laughs) how do you do that (laughs) exactly (laughs) it's pretty funny you know first world problems yeah, yeah. Rabid Lassie. That is awesome. That is yeah. Elvin name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. They're, they're a great band. That. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> um You're also kind of well known for like and you mentioned you don't do a record label anymore, but Slapaham. Yeah. Okay, the very first time okay, I saw that and I thought, well this is definitely a unique name like yeah what's the why's and wherefores behind that name like what's, yeah what's slap i am um you know when when i i'd always wanted to do a label um forever and and w- when it finally came time i didn't know what to call it and it was just that it, it was really just random um because the reason I didn't put a lot of thought into it, believe it or not. Okay. <laughs> um, it, it, I kind of panicked and came up with something on the spot because was it, at the time Lookout Records was putting out the the thing that ate Floyd compilation, okay. and um, 
and David Hayes, who was uh, running the the label with Larry Livermore at the time, he was putting together the whole comp, and he's like, "Okay, I'm putting together this booklet that's going to go in with the record, and um, you know, all the bands are going to have their their little square with their lyrics and art and stuff like that." He said, "Plus, I'm just people who are running local labels. I want to give them a chance to put an ad in there." He said, "So." You were talking about starting a label. If you want to put an ad in there, um, you know, get me one by by the end of the week. Um, so I hadn't really, I hadn't taken any steps to actually start the label, but I was planning on it. Like I kept talking about, okay, I'm going to start this label. I'm going to do it eventually. I'm going to, you know, I've got these bands in mind, but I hadn't actually said, hey, band, can I put out your record? Oh, here's a pressing plan I'm going to use. I hadn't planned it out yet. Okay. But I said, well, I don't want to miss this opportunity um, to kind of get the name out there and get people interested because it's you know at that time Lookout Records was was starting to to come up. I'm like, well, a lot of people are going to see this, so <clears throat> so I just chose I chose it because because it was ridiculous. Um, I had this friend Walter Glazer who used to write. Um, record reviews for maximum rock and roll and he used to he used to say all these ridiculous phrases when we'd hang out um that were euphemisms for for masturbation basically you know (laughs) (laughs) and and one one of them was slap a ham (laughs) which i just thought he'd say slap your ham which i thought was hilarious so i just like oh slap a ham like oh that'd be funny and i chose that first of all because i i've always been kind of ridiculous in my own way and also i was thinking like i want to put out like some some heavy sort of shit and it'd be kind of wouldn't it be funny if like some of like the the most over-the-top bands someday wanted to be on a a label called slap a ham you know (laughs) rather than just like you know death grinder or whatever just something brutal just like i really want to be on slap a ham you know for whatever you know in my my 18 year old brain i thought that was totally hilarious so well, that's I'm how sure it came about and i got yeah. stuck with it and you know now the world is stuck with it <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad <laughs> you mentioned maximum rock and roll how yeah. many times would you say your name or one of your bands has appeared some in some way shape or form in that magazine i have no idea i don't know I used to write for the magazine too, so. Oh, okay. Sorry, I used I didn't to. Know that. No, it's fine because that was, uh, what was it? Early, no, no, it was, it was late '80s into the early '90s. I used to, I used to do uh, record reviews. I had a column for a while, and I did some interviews and just random stuff. But um, no, I mean, all the stuff was, all my stuff was covered in there. And then on top of that, I was writing for the magazine, so I was. You know, I had some sort of content in there every month. You know, my my top top ten or top fifteen, whatever it was. And, right. And and that actually, you know, being part of that really helped me connect with the whole kind of extreme music scene that was coming together in in the late eighties. And it was just it was just by chance and just a, a you know stroke of good luck because. Nobody else at the magazine liked really extreme music, 
and I was the only guy, so I got everything by default. <laughs> you know, all the demos, all the records, everything automatically came to me. Like, oh, this this sounds like shit. Chris will like it. Here, take this. <laughs> <laughs> so Tim would give me all that. And so, you know, through that, in the in the late 80s, I was, you know, I reviewed the, the first AC record. And so I had Seth call me and be like, hey, oh, thanks for reviewing that. That's cool. <laughs> like, every, everybody hates us. And, uh, it was really cool that you gave us that review. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you like our, our next thing. And I had Mike Williams call me because I, I reviewed the I Hate God demo and gave it a good review. He's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we've got this. We're, we're trying to get this going. We're looking for a label and and you know just stuff like that. In retrospect, it, it was kind of that allowed me to connect with a lot of these, you know, people like that early on, and you know, people like Kevin Sharp and. Dan Loker and stuff mm-hmm. like that, like when when Brutal Truth started, and um, it was just kind of a happy accident that I, I happened to be like the only guy at the magazine, so I ended up being the connection with all these bands at that time, you know. Right on, right on. Yeah, no, I probably should have known that because I I had more than my share of Maximum Rock and Rolls over the years and all that. I just yeah, sorry. Um, when you heard that they're no longer like it was all just going to be digital, I imagine you must have just went, oh, no, just like I did. Yeah, <laughs> no, I kind of figured it was it was inevitable, just because that's just a, how that's just how the culture is now. It actually didn't surprise me, and I I, I didn't groan just because of. I was just impressed that they stayed in print for as long as they for as did. long as they did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that to me, that's impressive because it's just uh, you know how things are now. It's it's just difficult to even find a magazine. You know? Yeah, the only <laughs> at all. Yeah, like just I remember just going into a Seven Eleven and there would be like five different metal like titles to be yeah, had. Metal Maniacs and yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah, I have every issue of Metal Maniacs. Yeah. And it just now <clears throat> I have to basically go to specialty shops just to get a decibel. Oh yeah. It's yeah. just it's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people like a lot back to my friends that are half my age, they don't understand the thrill of the magazine and all mm-hmm. that. So whenever anyone like they they know when they have a birthday Snowy's buying them the latest decibel just because I think <laughs> that, you know, it's just like, yeah. I'll show up at their birthday or whatever. And they're like, give me the magazine, you know, like, yeah, well, it's, it's for educational purposes too. Right. Man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm the opposite. I really don't like reading stuff online just because I don't want to be on my computer all the time. I don't want, I hate being on my computer. I hate being on my phone all the time. I don't like reading articles on a device. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like, having that you know it kind of goes back to the whole thing with with the music i like having you know you have a vinyl copy of something tangible that you're holding and you're like yeah this 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 exists (laughs) i know that this exists that that this isn't just some weird digital fantasy that like is is this real (laughs) no i can hold it i can feel it that's right it's here it's real in this world yeah, though I've used those words more than once. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. What What about speaking of holding a tangible thing and all that? Have you ever written a book? Just, no, like, no. Is that something maybe that you may want to look into someday? I've 
I've thought about it for a long time. I've 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 been wanting to for a long time, and then kind of when I go down that path, I realize that it's not going to be very good, or at least I don't think it's going to be very good. Um, you know, I've I mean, I, I even when I was in my twenties and writing a lot for for magazines at that time, mm-hmm. um, I. I really wanted to put out a book, but I'm, I'm so glad I didn't. So I'm just like, shit, when you're in your 20s, you don't have anything to say. You really don't. Like, <laughs> you're, you know, you don't get you're more it. mature now. You don't have that clarity until later on, but it's like, you know, when you're in your 20s, you really don't have anything to say. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah, but you do now. <laughs> yeah. No, like, I, get it. I, yeah. I think... But, but I don't know. I mean, there, there's people who, who want to know about certain... You know, whatever band seems history mm-hmm. of whatever, but I don't know. I, it's like that to me. That doesn't it doesn't sound interesting. To it doesn't appeal to me to rehash all that and try and come up with this definitive book. I, I'm not interested in writing a encyclopedia encyclopedia of power violence or a definitive book or or do whatever. It's just I, I don't know. It's I'm not interested in it. Your biography <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't sound. You don't think? It doesn't sound fun. I don't think that my story is really that interesting, and especially when I I see like these other books out there, and you see like that Harley Flanagan story. It's just like, oh well, shit, you know. I got nothing, you know. Oh, <laughs> I, I was never. I was never a drug addict. I was never homeless. <laughs> I, I I grew up in the suburbs. Our fam family was, you know was very middle class and boring and you know i was involved in music that people liked but i don't know it's not worth it's not worth putting into a book well i don't know you might there might there might be some people that are interested <laughs> in your story i think yeah so. i don't know i don't know i mean some, I'm, i won't i'm not, not gonna say never but i i don't know I, I i would have to find some sort of angle where it's actually interesting to me for it to be interesting to anybody else so okay fair enough fair enough kind of along the same lines um say there's a the that magical mystical email that you could send back to 20 year old chris from <laughs> yourself now what would you tell yourself <laughs> oh boy i don't know that's a good question because there's you know I don't know. There's a lot because yeah. there, there's that whole thing, you know. There, there's a whole no, re- no regrets sort of, mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of approach to things. I and I, I definitely don't abide by that. I have, I have tons of regrets. I have regrets uh, yearly, if not monthly, if not weekly or daily. Uh-huh. Like I, I still, <laughs> I still, I still make poor decisions, <laughs> and I probably will forever. But. Um, but I feel like, you know, also in a sense, that's what got me here. You know, like if, if I had gone back and changed something, you know, you start thinking of the whole butterfly effect thing. Like, how would that change other things? Because there, there, there's so many things that just kind of happened seemingly by chance, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of like what I was talking about with the, with the maximum rock and roll thing, where it's like, oh, I just... I happened to move to the city and you know because i was in the city i hit up tim like oh well i'm in the city now 
um, I, I like to contribute regularly to the magazine. And oh yeah, well you can start. What do you want to do? I I like to do record reviews. Like oh good, well all this all this noisy stuff. You can you can have this because stuff sucks and nobody else likes it. And then that kind of you know springboards me into meeting all these other people. And then you know and I, I end up doing the label and it's I'm putting out records by my friends bands and it happens to be bands who are really unappreciated and it ends up being a scene and you know and that springboards into other people being influenced by that and you know so on and so on and you know if, if I change any dynamic of that um, you know I, I, I would would I would I regret changing it or giving myself advice to do something else because there, there are certain career things I I would have or should have done better like there there are a bunch of there are jobs that I walked away from where I could have not struggled financially so much in right. <laughs> my whole life <laughs> but that said then I, I I also likewise would not have been involved in all the things that I've been involved in and so it's it's really hard you know what I mean mm-hmm. there's like this weird yin and yang <laughs> yin and yang balance uh, of the whole thing that you're going to disrupt if you say oh by the way you should you should take that job and you should invest in real estate in San Francisco so you don't have because <laughs> there's going to be a dot com boom and mm-hmm. you could be financially stable for the rest of your life if you, <laughs> if you were to, yeah, but to where's buy the fun home. in that? yeah to buy a home in this shitty neighborhood in 1988 and sell it 10 years later (laughs) (laughs) there we go there we go but you know by 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 that being the you know i didn't do that and so when the dot-com boom happened that's why i moved to la in 2001 but by moving down here i got to you know i got to really connect with with phil and the despise you guys and kind of prompt them to to start playing again and you know working with infest and lack of interest and starting trappist and you know all the stuff that i really enjoy doing now so maybe that would have never happened if i would advise my 20 year old self hey you know what you should do this instead mm-hmm. so fair enough fair enough yeah you don't want to go to marty mcfly yeah anything, exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> finally Finally, uh, thank you for your time. I'll let you get on with the rest of your evening here. But, oh, yeah, um, yeah. Thank you. I, re- I really appreciate it. No problem, no problem. Uh, what would you, just going to put you on the spot here again, at the end of the day, what would you want to be remembered most for? Mm, hopefully just being a good person. You know, I just try and I try and be cool with everybody. I try. I really try not to be a jerk. I try to be appreciative of everything. You know, I I just like. It's not like I I have this desire to be liked, but I just like to treat people well, and uh, because I I think that's how everyone should treat each other. So that that's really the bottom line. Let's fucking go! Kick it! Go! Go! Go!
idea of style and competing for the best style is the key to all forms of rocking. To the Shining Wizards, listen to what some of our fans have to say about the show. Hey guys, it's the Stallion, and when I'm contemplating suicide, I throw on the Shining Wizards because nothing makes me feel better than knowing I'm not one of these four grown adults, virgin fucking marks, discussing a fake wrestling product. Tune in live every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. East, rantemradio.com. It's the Shining Wizards where it's wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. As the sun gently wakes a sleepy world, feelings as warm as summer rain wash over you. Before you know it, you're falling in love. Baby, baby, falling in love. K-Tel presents Falling in Love, a special album of 20 love songs by the original stars, the stylist. You make me feel brand new. Three degrees. When will I see you again? The Manhattan. Let's just kiss and say... Goodbye. These are 20 beautiful songs of love. Turns my whole world misty blue. Don Goodwin. This is your song. Marty Robin. Return to me. Fallen in love. 20 beautiful love songs. $6.99 from KTEL. Tape or cassette $7.99. Available wherever fine records are sold.
That was two more of the many, many um, wicked musical output that Mr. Dodge has put out over the years. That was um, Lack of Interest, a couple tracks from their split with the immortal capitalist casualties. Go out and find that split, man, when you get a chance. It is absolutely some fantastic stuff. And of course, before that, all the real veterans will definitely know Mr. Dodge from his work in spaz that is a couple tracks from their crush kill destroy was the title track and before that their uh let's fucking go go out let's go out go out right now <laughs> shall we say <laughs> and be sure to grab that because it's just like that's what you know we all need like i said we all need the entertainment we all we all need something you know to um for us to grab a hold of and enjoy and get us through this tough time something i think that um probably a lot of people might be enjoying a little too much and i think i may be one of these people is just kind of a way of coping throughout all of this is um you know kind of getting in to a little bit of the bubbly as one Chris Jericho <laughs> likes likes to say this day in this this day and age I know I am I know my alcohol consumption is up it's up a little bit a little bit more than usual and all that much to the chagrin of Mrs. Snowy but she knows that okay you know this isn't really anything to worry about especially when it is done you know with the good time that we are going to tonight because as we said and as we mentioned with his with his column a no corporate beer mr dodge is a beer enthusiast okay i as and, well sir hey you I are as well. well you are as well so i thought what we should do tonight and even though yeah i do got the lemmys going in my radioactive metal mug i kind of wanted to do something a little bit different we're going to broaden snowy's beer palette here tonight because as our good buddy sky will tell you i'm i'm very easy when it comes to the beer I mean, you're easy in general. I've heard, but it's a whole, whole different thing. Yes, yes, yes. When I, when I, when I, when I'm at Bulldog Sky, knows exactly what it is I'm looking for. I just come up, I just come up to the bar, and she knows a blue, the the bat blue, simple enough. So much, and I'm going to share a quick beer story here. I wish she was here tonight in order to hear this, but. I went up to the bar, and she was working behind it at Bulldogs with her dad. Okay, it's kind of a family business. And I said a blue, and she called me out for it and said, Oh, like a dad beer. Ha. Oh, oh, and then I thought about it. It's like, yeah, I guess it is. Okay, fine. She she got me my blue, went about my business, a band, band, you know, band, go watch the band. I go back to grab another beer. I want another one, okay? <laughs> but I don't want to order it from sky because i know exactly <laughs> what she's gonna say well, yeah. so she's like she's like hey snowy what do you want and i'm like i kind of point to her dad mark and i say i, I want to talk to him 
oh, you don't want to get a, a dad beer from me, eh? No, because you're going to say just that. <laughs> make me make me feel like an old man. So we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to broaden my uh, beer palette here a little a little more. We decided. Let's choose um, from our local breweries or whatnot, you know, instead of just grabbing the basics, instead of grabbing a bud, you know, let's kind of expand ourselves a little more. So the last time I was in the liquor store, I went down the specialty beers. I guess that's the word I've been looking for all episode, the specialty Specialty beer, craft beer. Craft beer, yes. Yeah, see, you should have consulted you on all of this before I sat down and started yapping. You should have, like, video <laughs> chatted with me uh, from the liquor store where you were getting your beer. I would have helped you pick. There we are. There we are. Well, I've grabbed, I grabbed three different beers, and I basically just went by the, the coolness of their name and yep. the, coolest, the coolness of their label, and I imagine that you did the same thing. That is how I ended up with Shadow of Death last week. Right. And, um, also, I, picking it up again for this week, because uh, since I went back to the same store, I'm like, oh, let's get some more Shadow of Death. That was good. And that's also how I ended up with Blackbeard. Hmm. Hmm. So, yeah. So, we're I figured what we're going to do. about here. Mm-hmm. I figured what we're going to do, and we're probably going to give these, these companies a cheap plug, but since it's not, you know, it's not Budweiser, it's, it's not Labatt, it's not these big corporations... I think maybe I don't mind, but um, so let's kind of jump into this and make Mr. Dodge proud. The first of all, the first beer that I grabbed that caught my attention was called, um, I don't know if this is the name of the, I think it's both the name of the beer and the brewer, but it's a Vancouver Island Brewing, a happy island. A hazy IPA, and that caught my attention because I used to live on Vancouver Island. Oh, I spent cool. four, I, used, I spent four years living in Victoria, the capital of British Columbia. Shout out once again to Mister Shithead and all that. And it's got orca whales on the uh, front as well. You can't get any more Canadian than well, apart from moose and now, maple syrup. What's the name of it? Vancouver Island Brewing. Well, what's the name of the beer itself? Um, I, it's either called Vancouver Island or Broken Island. I think I'm going Broken Island. Let's, let's, I'm going to put that in the untapped here. Keep going. Okay, okay. So, having never tried the any of these at all, I'm going to crack one. All right, Broken Islands Hazy IPA, Vancouver Island Brewing uh, IPA in New England. Okay. And, and let's see here. So, Victoria, BC. So, I guess it's a New England style IPA. That's worth it. Yeah, so IPA, New England style. Hazy IPA is anything but expected, like the chain of islands that inspired it. There is something to be discovered around every corner. So, tell me, tell me what you think of the aroma and the flavors here. Well, this is definitely different. Um, it's probably not something that I'm going to have every day. Okay, but I'm glad, I'm glad I bought it. I'm glad I bought it. So, is it citrusy? Is it fruity? No. 
No, it's well, well, hmm. No, it's not calling for any sort of fruit or anything, but I, I think maybe it's just me. But I, is that grapefruit? It it might be. So there, it so IPAs typically like like IPA stands for India Pale Ale, and the India Pale Ale came about because of England traveling to India. Right. Ah, okay. And what they did is they upped the hops because hops were a natural preservative. So to make sure their beer could make the trip, they increased the hops. So that's how the India Pale Ale was invented, the IPA. Um, uh, like, dude, I've spent and I know nothing about beer compared to um, our guest, you know, on this show, Chris. Um, like. Like I, everything I picked up, I pick up a little bit at a time, and I like literally. I have a book I got from the um, liquor store I bought this at, and I'm using the Untapped app. Uh, for anyone in the states, it's Untapped. U N T A P P D. Follow me there. Uh, S N no S no crud S G N L two N Z. Yeah, that's it. But um, so with the IPAs, Ooh. they're they're going to be much more bitter, and I typically hate them. Like I typically don't like IPAs at all. But a hazy IPA, those are those are different. Those are they tend to be more fruity. There tends to be more flavor to it. It's not quite as bitter. It's more aromatic a lot of times, like a juicy kind of thing. So, yeah, that's a good word for juicy. It. Yeah, with without it being flavored. If okay, that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, I'm a big fan of grapefruit. There's another beer I drink. It's a Rattler. It's a Stiegel, Stiegel Brown. And they use grapefruit soda and a German white beer, like a Hefeweizen, oh. together. So, okay, they, you know, yeah. Sorry, no, go ahead. The, the more I drink this, the more I can taste the grapefruity. Good, good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah, I enjoy that kind of beer. All right, on, right. On. Okay. What about you? What's your first one? All right. So, my first one is by Westbrook, Westbrook Brewing. Here in uh, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, so it's actually near where I bought it. Um, I live up in Somerville, so I'm a little bit uh, ways from Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant's like our, um, I guess, the wealthier area of um, of Charleston, that kind of stuff. But so it's Westbrook Brewing, and I've seen this one at the grocery store a bunch of times, and I've never bought it. And it's got a very interesting looking can. It's a bright yellow. It's got what looks like some sort of like leopard cat with a long neck on it. And it has a very India or Asian kind of look. And it's called White Thai. T-H-A-I. Right? White Thai. Mm-hmm. And uh, what they did is they took a wheat, like a, like a wheat beer, like um, kind of like, like Hefeweizen kind of stuff. Think like, uh, like Shock Top or um, Blue Moon right like those those kind of beers and then there's a lot of like the asian cuisine sort of flavors so there's a coriander orange peel uh ginger root those sort of things and that's what gives it the flavor so i have looked at this for a while and i wasn't sure like like i just it never caught my attention but then when i was doing like because i literally made a special shopping trip saturday to go get these beers for today Mm-hmm. And so I'm out there checking this out, man. And I'm in the local section, and I'm reading it. I'm like, okay, this sounds really good. And this this is something I will get again. It is very light, very refreshing, really smooth, and just a nice, a nice flavor. Almost, almost on the IPA kind of kind of range, but not quite that bitter, you know. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I, I really like this. Like this, this reminded me on of one of the. Um, oh man, every Oktoberfest there's a German beer I get, and for the life of me, I can't remember what it's called. But it's a Hefeweizen, and it's a real good one. And this is very much like that Hefeweizen. So it's funny that they call it white tie because it it feels more. It I feel like I should be having like a good German meal with this. Ah, yeah, yeah. Someone tells me that all of these specialty beers, all these crafts, yeah, you're not buying a six pack, running down the back lane after the show or before the show. You know, and pounding these back. I think these are supposed to be savored oh, really and not are, and not pounded back. I also can't buy a case of this stuff. Like for me, like the advent of the craft beer, the mix and mash six pack, like the the store I went to is called Total Wine and More, and it's a chain, and they've got them like 190 superstores around the country here. Um, but I've got to hand it to them because they really really handled the beer section well they have a guide in the store um it's a 200 page guide to beer and it's free wow you know it's about the size of a reader's digest right right like that kind of size and um i've been reading up on on the other beers they talk about the things that have kind of gone in and out and how things have gone into extinction i can't remember what i learned about the ipa but so like what was was there like a local beer that you grew up drinking as a kid that everybody would get because you know it was the cheap beer it was the local beer it was easy to get and get drunk on yeah yeah which what was, was that one um it was it was something Labatt's back then but then as I hit my teenage as I kind of hit or later on into my teens when we say kids we mean yeah. er, early to teens you know like. Um, I discovered a thing called OV beer, okay. old old Vienna, which as a smart ass teen we changed the name to Old Vomit. Yeah, so, yeah, and and yeah. that was probably pretty pretty spot on for what it tasted <laughs> like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple, I stopped drinking Old Vomit for a while there, and throughout you know I through as I entered adulthood, at least by the calendar. Okay. Um, I kind of stopped drinking old vomit. Went back to it once, and I then it was like, oh, oh, this is terrible. But yeah. when you're a teenager, you'll do anything, you know. Well, like. exactly right. And so we have a local beer that, that's kind of famous. It's Iron City beer, right? Because for the for and when I say local, I mean back in Pittsburgh, my hometown, not here right. in Charleston. But so it, it was Iron City, and then it was Iron City Light, right? So those are the beers that were always around. And I hadn't had an Iron City in I couldn't tell you how long, man. Like, I, I can remember drinking as a teenager with my buddy Mark under under the one bridge by my grandparents' house. And probably, it's probably even Icy Light, because we didn't give a shit as long as it was alcohol, right? Right, uh-huh. And so, you know, fast forward, somewhere in 2000, I think it was 2003, is when I really started to appreciate beer. Like that's so that's why I really started to understand the microbrewery, and they started coming about. And there's a place in Tennessee called Bosco's. It's uh, oh. it's only in Memphis now. It used to be in Nashville, and also used to be in uh, Arkansas, Little Rock. And um, this place, 
they, you know, we went there. My buddy, uh, my buddy Hugh, he's like, dude, you're going to love this place. You know, they're supposed to have great food. And we go in and I see this a brewery. I'm like, hey, can I do a flight? Because I had learned that before I went there. And they bring out a sampling of all their beers. And they have this one beer that is like, literally looks like black coffee. Like you cannot see this. Light will not escape it. And it was (laughs) called the London Porter. And so I like, I, I had that beer and that was the first beer that I latched onto. I'm like, okay, I, I really like this. Like really like this. Like this is great. Cause I was still trying to find stuff I liked, you know? And, um, because I mean, like I didn't want to just drink it to get drunk anymore, especially since I could get hard liquor now, but like I wanted to like beer. And so Bosco's was the first place I really learned to appreciate beer and appreciate the different flavors. So fast forward, you know, that was 2003, 2011, I go see Iron Maiden with John Caddick and uh, Sean from Iron City Rocks, right? Mm-hmm. And John's like, yeah, man, I brought beer and he has Iron City. Dude, after all the craft beer I've been drinking, it literally tastes like water. <laughs> and I didn't realize that it was that light and like i mean like like literally it tastes like watered down beer is what it right. tastes like i'm like my goodness gracious because and i remember <laughs> as a kid how hard it was to drink beer and like the taste and like oh my goodness the alcohol and like now i'm like huh all right you know and i'm not saying that so i sound like a snooty beer, snooty beer guy just like really like after time you know your your taste buds adjust mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah so like i i like I mean, I remember when Budweiser used to be hard to drink, and when that was like, like that was the beer you drink: Budweiser and Miller Lite and MGD and right. you know, all yeah. this sort of stuff. And I'm like, man, I just I don't want to touch those anymore. You know? Well, you're, you're like, yeah, you were expanding. You were expanding your 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 barley horizons. How's that? Well, it's like I don't drink to get drunk. I drink because I like it now. You know what I mean? I mean, at the time, I drank to get drunk. You know, in my, in my oh, yeah. dumb in teens and twenties, yeah, a very dumb kid. And but like now, I just want to enjoy the flavor of things. You know, and 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 it's funny. Like my friend Chris, I think I'm talking about on the show before. He's the one who introduced me to the microbreweries the first time and the flight and all this sort of stuff because he's he's a bit of a foodie. He's the whole reason I've tried sushi and all sorts of other different things. And, um, you know, it like he got me into just really being able to relax and enjoy flavor of things. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. All right. Let's let's hear what's your next one. Well, mine here from the good folks at Parallel 49 Brewery in Vancouver. This one is called Trash Panda with a really cool animated picture of a raccoon that looks like he's ready to either kill someone or ready to rock and roll. I like it. You know? Yeah, yeah. So when I grabbed when I grabbed this beer and you know, as soon as I brought it home, I'm showing Mrs. Snowy, you know, every, all all of it. She took she took one look at the can and went, oh, like Rocket, Rocket Raccoon from from Guardians, oh, of, the yeah. Galaxy. Guardians the, of the Galaxy. It's the first thing she thought. So yeah, Trash Panda. Yeah, I guess that's a raccoon and all that. Okay, so once again, like I said, I went with the cool label and name and all that. So let's crack open our Trash Panda and. Mm. 
Well, you know what? Kind of similar to the Vancouver Island, but just not not as strong. Not as strong, not as um not crisp, not as sharp, shall we say. You know what? At five point five, you know what? I was just saying these probably aren't the kind of beers, you know, that you would grab a six and drink in the back yeah. lane or the show or whatever. Maybe this. Maybe this. Well, that one is another IPA because I'm I'm looking it up here, right? It's it's a very similar style. It's again the New England IPA, um, and it says the Urban Trash Panda will spend most of its life scouring garbage bins for the dankest, juiciest hops <laughs> that the Northwest Coast can offer. Don't be fooled by this bandit's cute little mask. This snarling vermin won't leave any can unturned. Mmm, it's exactly what it says on the side of the can here. Yeah. The, I'll tell you, um, I'm looking at some pictures that users have posted here on Untapped, and this looks really good, man. It, this this one looks looks juicy. Yeah, it is. It oh, is. my like goodness. I said, it wasn't... What, dude, you're not going to freaking believe this. Okay. Um, so, like, I'm, I'm looking at this. This is Trash Panda. I'm looking it up. You know, Canadian beer. Well, and... It says recent activity. And it says um, it, it has a person's name here, like Ed. I'm like, oh, I know that guy. I'm like, wait, he tried this? So the guitarist for one of my early bands, and I think the band might have actually been called Anastasia, which oddly enough is my daughter's name. And, Your daughter's and, name, yeah. yeah. I, I never put that together until like really now. <laughs> um, but so he played this badass Red Warlock and he was just such a badass guitar player. So Ed um, works for, um, he was telling me he works for some sort of beer company now. But so he's on here all the time. So every now and then we'll talk just beer and stuff. But I'm like, so so Ed uh, from my, one of my old bands has actually tried Trash Panda. And he has a picture up here of what he drank. Uh, yeah, this looks pretty good. Small world, small world. Yeah, it is. It actually is pretty good. Like, Oops. Right on. Right. Oh yeah, the more the more I drink it, the more I can kind of taste the grapefruity thing, but it's just it's not as sharp as as the Vancouver Island and all that. I, so. I like the ones that are more on the mild side. Like that like looking at the picture, it looks like something I'm gonna enjoy the taste of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just it's it's this this is more of a rock and roll beer, I think. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you got? All right, man. Next one up is the Illegal Remedy Brewing Company. They are based in Rock Hill, South Carolina. That's at, like the very top of the state, the border between North and South Carolina. Um, I, I did stick to South Carolina um, beers for tonight, and my, my goal is to have his stuff as close as possible. But this one caught my eye because it's called the Pro Bono, you know, legal remedy, right? Everyone's catching okay. that. Pro Bono Vanilla Porter. I, oh, crap, another 9% alcohol by volume. I really do like that, the high-gravity <laughs> beers here. All right, so I I love porters, right? I told you that that was the beer at uh, Bosco's in Nashville that, turned me into a beer lover like like that and i've been seeking out porters ever since in the in the darker beers so and again like in my mug here and i'll post pictures on friday 
well, my pint glass. It's black as night, you know. And um, let's see here. It says porter with added vanilla and coffee aged on oak. Oh, shit. It's another whiskey barrel aged, right? My goodness okay. gracious. No wonder this stuff's so intense. So let's see here. <laughs> 38 IBUs. I've been trying to learn what this means. So it says robust mo- roasted malts, hints of oak, coffee, and vanilla. The imperial porter is no ordinary exercise in community service. Aged on oak with coffee and vanilla. It's for people who need it most. Justice for the masses. I appreciate that. All right, let's try this sucker. Okay, so the scent, right? And I should have done that with the other one. Because I, I'm finding like that I really, really enjoy the scent of beer. Mm-hmm. And if you find, like, dude, I've, I've said this several times, but I so wish you were local. And we could have gone to like oh, one of the, the, the great breweries here. Well, the, the the beer bars, because the one beer bar that I go to when I work on the show, they will pour you as many flights as you want. Because I'm like, you know, because typically, like, most places will give you four to six tops. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how I, you know, I asked the girl, I'm like, well, how many can I get? She's like, as many as you want. I just can't have you stumbling out of here. I'm like, all right, that's fair. You know, <laughs> I, I like your approach. But, um, like, I love to go to those places and smell the beer. Like, I just, you know, good, good scent here, so... Definitely, you can smell the coffee in it, and there's like a hint of the vanilla. Like, if you've ever had, um, you, you ever smell like the coffee vanilla candles? Like when you go to the, like the malls or or like a Bath and Body Works kind of place. Yeah, yeah. She's pulled me into enough of those show or enough 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 of those stores that yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. it's that kind of scent, right? And then there's a little bit of the coffee scent or coffee taste or the flavor. All right. I talk about dragon's milk all the time in this show, right? Mm-hmm. Dragon's milk is aged in whiskey barrels. I don't. So when this was aged on oak, I don't think it was in a whiskey barrel. I, I think it was some sort of oak barrel, but I don't think it was a whiskey barrel because this is this is sweeter and lighter. So even though it's a high gravity, like the nine percent alcohol, um, by comparison, Dragon's milk's typically like nine to eleven percent alcohol by volume, right? Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. And so I mean, it's 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 close, right? It's very close to this, but um, Dragon's milk also has that whiskey flavor, so it almost burns going down, like drink, you know, like sipping whiskey, you know. And um, this is this is more like a Guinness that's a little heavier, like like a little bit stronger, a little more bitter. Um, but it has more of the coffee flavors and like, like that sweet vanilla caramel flavor almost. Like I, I like, I'm not a big Starbucks coffee drinker, but like when they talk about the different lattes, I feel like this is hitting some of those flavors. Ah, that makes sense. Oh, dude. I, I, (laughs) this is like, we should do this like once a year. Uh, you know okay. what? Okay. Next time, we should actually like get Chris to do it on air with us. Like, we yeah. All, we all pick oh, like three yeah. local beers. I think. I think so. I think you would really dig that. Yeah. I, I think it'd be a blast, man. And like the best part about doing what we're doing, like when you when you pitched the idea for this show to me, I mean, one, I drink beer every time we do this anyway. Mm-hmm. Um. Two, we're we're helping our local communities you're buying local beers small craft brewed beers and that's the thing is like this isn't it's it's kind of like what we talk about with true cult coffee like this isn't some big corporation 
and not that all corporations are evil, but and because every corporation starts out as a small business, really, you know, right? And it grows, and I want to see everybody grow and make money and all that sort of stuff. But when corporations forget that they were founded by people, that's uh-huh. when you start to lose things, right? So we're helping these small businesses, these people that just you know they they make it for the love of it, like um. I, like, and I think I've talked about this on the show, but so when I moved here to South Carolina six years ago now, six years ago this month, actually, mm. um, you know, my, my, um, building had shut down in Pennsylvania. And so, you know, I moved down here, you know, to stay with the company. And one of the guys who is, um, one of my new hires, his name is Andy. And, um, I, you know, I remember talking to him, like, what are you going to do, man? What are you going to do? You know, because he, he was a cool dude and he was actually really into hardcore. He was into in, the band Integrity, you know, and that sort of stuff. So him and I. Oh, uh-huh. shout way. out, shout out, brother. Yeah. You know, so like, like he, he, he was a metal, metal guy and hardcore guy. Um, and he knew some of the same people that I knew from the band scenes and all that sort of stuff. So um, I'm like, what are you going to do? He's like, well. I've really gotten into brewing my own beer at home. And I think I'm going to use this as the opportunity to start my own brewery. So six years later, Andy is the, you know, the, the, the brewmaster for Hitchhiker Brewing. And, you know, they've, they've expanded into a new building. Like they started out one place and ended up in another place. So, cause they, so they have more space and he made a special beer in partnership with one of the local grocery chains in the in the area. And when I say like local grocery grocery chain, like there's a ton of stores, but it's local. Like it's really not outside of that area called mm-hmm. Giant Eagle. And he's like, man, I, I never thought I'd see this day. Like I follow him on social media. So it's great to see somebody who's so passionate about the beer, the flavor, the process. And I mean, he comes up with some crazy stuff. I want to say he did something that was like a cereal beer, like a Fruity Pebbles kind of thing. Like he's done some weird stuff, man. But, but it's like, you know, it's, it's that creativity. So like, and it's so funny because I have a friend who, when I talk about beer like this, like, you know, like, oh, you're the snooty hipster. I'm like, I'm not the snooty hipster. I just like shit that's handmade and built. Like, like mm-hmm. I appreciate something that goes into it. Like, I love a good Fender guitar because that started out being handmade, but handmade because they like tooled the, the, the machines. Like, there there's a history here with these things, you know? And like that's how I feel about these beers, man. Like I love a good craft beer where somebody's like, "Okay, no, this isn't right. We're gonna add this." Like, it's just it's great stuff, you know. And I mean, like Jack Daniel's whiskey, right? That is absolutely corporate, right? I, I'm not mm-hmm. even sure who owns them at this point. But when you go to the brewery, it's still almost all the employees are the descendants of employees that were there like a hundred years ago. Oh wow! You know, like it's a tiny little town. It's you know. It, it supports the town that the the distillery and everybody there can tell you the history of it you know like it might be this big corporate whiskey that is sold all over the world but they take it just as serious as they were still brewing it you know 100 years ago man 
right on. Lynchburg. Yeah, Lynchburg, Tennessee. I, 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 I'm the labels. Sorry, I got the labels yeah. sitting right in front of me. That's why. <laughs> Dude, I, I love going down there, man. I love. I, I when I when I lived in Murfreesboro, I was like 45 minutes from there, and I would go down there like quite a few weekends. Just to hang out on the ground, because it was beautiful. It was just gorgeous. The grounds, the story, the history of the place. You know, it was pretty cool. All right, man. Well, road trip. Road trip. Oh, Road yeah. trip to Lynchburg. Yeah, it, if, if you make it to the States, we have so many places we need to go. But oh, for sure. what's, what's your sure. next one? The next, my third and final, is called a red line. Which is, that's actually, I was thinking... There's a, there's a red line is a, a BMX line, is it not? It's a, a brand of BMX, I believe, and that's kind of what kind of caught my attention. It's from the Torque Brewing Company, I believe, right here in Winnipeg. The Torque Brewing Company here in Winnipeg, six point five percent alcohol. Okay, the two the 2017 Canadian Brewing Awards, the bronze medal winner, and the 2019 Canadian Brewer Awards, the gold medal. Okay, so this might actually be really good. They're calling it, it's hoppy, it's caramelly, it's bitter, and it's racy. Well, so now this one is supposed to be just a straight-up IPA. So I'm going to oh. be curious to see how you feel about it. So it's funny, you've, you've really hit the the same genre of beer as far as the IPA but but they've all been different and this one to me looks like it's going to be more like a Killian's well okay I'll take your word for that yeah like, like oh. uh, <laughs> Killian's is one of the first beers that got me to actually start to enjoy beer in general but then it sent me on the quest to find something better but so okay so let, let's hear it let's let's hear the, the first okay. taste yeah yeah when you when you say Killian I immediately think Sean Killian the vocalist for violence that's just that's just me i mean you know they might be related who knows <laughs> so the red line let's let's try this here oh a little bit stronger a little bit sharper okay but kind of all three of these kind of have that immediate like i don't want to they kind of have that immediate. They all kind of have that immediate flavor, like the the first time you you tr you try it. Yeah. Not too far off the other ones. It's just a little, still a little stronger, a little sharper. Now, did you pour this into a can at all? Or well, not a can? I'm sorry. Apparently, I've been drinking. Did you pour this into a <laughs> glass at all? No, no, just okay. just right right out of the can, man. So. The color in these pictures of this beer is beautiful. Like, like when they when you talk about like the caramel, like it's got this deep, rich color, which is typically not what you see in an IPA, which is why I was fascinated. I'm like, oh, what's this going to taste like? Because typically IPAs are well, they're, they're pale because that's why they call it the India Pale Ale. You know? Oh, okay, right, right. Um. So yeah, so that's very very interesting here. Hmm. Okay. Well, this is about the third third sip in, and I think I think from out of all these, 
I think Trash Panda is the one will kind of be my... If I ever have a go-to for specialty beer, I think, you know, and this is just going by just these three, I I think Trash Panda has got the snowy seal of approval. Going by the pictures and the descriptions, I think Trash Panda would be something I would really enjoy as well. Oh, right on. Right on. Don't get me wrong. I'm sucking all three of these back tonight. Don't worry. <laughs> it might be Monday night, but I'm gonna. I'm, I'm turning Monday night into Saturday night here because why not? Why not? You know, just that's the way the world is right now. We're all coping in our own way. So I hope. Uh, I hope uh, everyone listening here will maybe kind of take some of these recommendations if you can find these Canadian brews on your shelf wherever you are then give them a go give them a go don't let don't let what i say be the beginning and end you know what else you got all right so i am stopping at drinking two beers on the air because i gotta get up for work tomorrow okay but i have so many beers to talk about because Mm. as you know when i work on this show pre-pandemic um I would go, we had, there, we had two spots in town right where Nicholas would take karate that I would go uh, drink beer and do work on the show. So one is called Accent on Wine, and it's primarily a wine bar and a wine store. But every Monday they do a $5 flight. So you plunk down your 5 bucks, they give you four different pours, and you have no choice in it. It's just whatever they're doing that Monday. But I like that. It's a nice surprise. Um... And then the other place I go to is the Homegrown Brew House, which every time I think about them, I, I need to get a gift card from them to keep those guys afloat because I think they can start to let people in now, but they've been doing beer deliveries. Yeah, check this out, man. So their Homegrown Brew House, like you walk in, they've probably got like 30 taps in a row, right? Holy shit. Yeah, like these guys are serious, and that's just the stuff that's on draft. We're not even talking all the cans. So... They have an insane amount of beers available at any time. Um, Like I said, I like to do the flights there and just check things out. Um, The last couple times I've been there, I was talking to to the owner and like, because her and her husband own the place and just super, you know, super nice. And um, so they, they have everything, right? And one of the last times I was there, I got this beer, and I'm trying to figure out where it was from. Okay, so who's the brewery? Oh, so it was actually Chicago beer. It's Off Color Brewing in Chicago. Oh, right. And it was a Dino S'mores is what they called it. So when I tell you it tasted like a s'mores, it tasted like a s'mores. (laughs) Like, But the s'mores that can bite you back. Ah, yeah. Because this is another one of those high-gravity beers, right? So it's a Russian Imperial Stout. So, like, when they start talking Imperial Stout, I think that's where the dragon smoke thing came from. Anytime they say Imperial Stout, is going to have a bit of an alcoholic kick, like a little bit of that whiskey flavor going on to it. Mm-hmm. But then um, here's another here's another one. So, Black... <laughs> Remember I was saying about the Blackbeard beer? Uh-huh. So, my mind just auto-corrected it, apparently. But the way they spell black beard, <laughs> it's B-L-A-C-K B 
B-E-E-R-D. Oh. Instead of B-E-A-R-D. But it has a picture of right. Blackbeard the pirate on it. And have you ever seen the old movie Blackbeard's Ghost um, Disney? as a Disney movie from the 60s. You know what? I think I have as a little kid. My mom forced... Yeah, yeah. My mom, like, I really wasn't too thrilled about seeing it. Like, uh, it was a Saturday afternoon on TV. And I wanted to go out and do, you know, whatever it is I was going to do. But my, my, my little sister at the time wanted to watch this. And she's like, well, my mom was like, well, your sister's going to be scared. So you got to watch this with her. It's a, it's a ghost movie. It's going to be scary. Mom, no, it's Disney. It's yeah. All right, fine. I'll watch this damn movie. And as it turned out, it was a kid's movie. And the whole time, I'm just kind of like, oh, I could be out with my friends playing baseball or road hockey or whatever. And I got to watch this stupid movie. And all. I'm sure I would appreciate it today, though. It is one of my favorite movies. It's absolutely hilarious. And the pirate Blackbeard actually did, um, you know, uh, make port here in Charleston. Oh. Right? It, primarily, he was up in North Carolina. And, like, you know, down in, in the the Caribbean islands and all that sort of stuff. But he, he did terrorize Charleston occasionally. So, um, he does have a history here. And um, so, the Coast Brewing Company... Located in North Charleston, has a um, has the Blackbeard beard. I, I think I picked something else up by them too. Now that I'm saying this out loud, um, these are really good. So this one is an American Imperial Double Stout, dude. When I tell you that the beer I'm drinking right now is black, like. It looks pale in comparison to what the Blackbeard beer looked like. Like I'm, I'm pulling up my, um, I'm pulling up my picture of it from from the last time I drank it, and I have a buddy down in Tampa who is also from Pittsburgh, and you know he he, he took me to a place down there. We had a beer called Moose Killer. Moose Killer. It was, oh, jeez. Dude, that's right up there with Dragon Smoke. That's an intense beer. I loved it. Oh, my goodness. He's I like, do you know. like beer? I'm like, dude, I love beer. And so he took me to this place. I can't. I couldn't even tell you what it's called right now. I think it was somewhere in Ybor City. But um, anyway, so he commented, and he, he can drink all kinds of crazy beer. He's like, whoa, that's dark, right? So Blackbeard, is, it's really dark beer. Um, but here's the description. It says, Sweet malts, battle-roasted grain on the decks of your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on to your booty, a dark stout's a brewing. This is pretty good stuff. But that that dude, that one, I bought that one again because that's probably one of my favorites. Like, Because I, I drank the um, the Shadow of Death last time in the air, and that was good. But like Blackbeard, I will get that one on a regular basis. That was a good one. Right on. So, for any listeners who would like to follow me, again, SGNL, the number two, and Z, um, I'm on Untapped. So, if you want to follow me, I, I really don't friend people I don't know. So, send us a line through radmetal666 at gmail.com, or hit us up on the Facebook, or message us on Instagram, any one of those, if you actually want to interact on uh, untapped because it's you know I'd love to interact with a listener and another beer fan that sort of stuff. 
But um, I I like this. And Snowy, I'm going to recommend this app to you because if you're trying to find beer that you like and so you're not always doing the dad beer, um, this is a great app to do that. I think so. I think so. Like I, I started just to keep track of what I was drinking, you know, and I unlocked a new batch, which is like 40 some beers. And thankfully, it doesn't just tell me how many beers I've drank. Or how many beers I've checked in. Um, but I've got some crazy stuff here. Here's Stone Viking Space Probe Double IPA. <laughs> right on. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Oh, dude, here we go. Charlestown Fermentary. Yeah, damn it. I've been trying to find this one. Okay, so check this out. So... Here's this one is in the style of the IPAs that you had, right? Like your your what, trash bandit? No, what was what was it? Panda. Panda. Trash panda. That was it. Um, so it's called Sun Gazer, and it's by Charlestown Fermentary again, local Charleston brewery here. And I had this at the homegrown brew house. It is so freaking good. Like this is like. It's a summer beer. It's tropical. It's fruity. It's very juicy. Um, and again, it's an IPA, and I typically hate them. But the the crazy part is I can't find it anywhere. Like since it's been at Homegrown, I have not been able to find it anywhere else. Like I can't find it locally anywhere. Um, which I should since it's brewed locally. So I'm guessing either it's like seasonal and it comes in and out or, you know, all the alcoholics that are homeschooling their children have brought it, bought it up, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's my favorite meme going around, by the way. You think things are bad now in 20 years, the country's going to be run by uh, kids that are homeschooled by alcoholics. <laughs> alcoholics, yeah. Uh-huh. It's definitely been that year. Yeah, even my wife, like um, when I was get when I got like two weeks ago when I had stopped, I'm like, hey, do you want anything? Because you know she doesn't drink beer, she doesn't drink wine, but she does enjoy like Captain Morgan and um in like Bailey's, and so okay. like, yeah, can I pick you something up at the liquor store? She's like, you know what? Give me some Captain and Bailey's, and she's yeah. she's she's probably drank more. In the past two weeks than she has in the last 10 years. <laughs> you know, and, and when I say uh-huh. this, like not like she's sloppy drunk or falling down or anything like that. It's just, you know, I, I think it's it's honestly for her, it's the relaxation of knowing because because we don't like to drink if we're going anywhere. And I've told you before, if I'm having dragon's milk, like I cancel my plans. Like I'm staying mm-hmm. home. <laughs> I, I can barely function on that stuff, you know. And so I think it's just because she knows everybody's home. No one's going anywhere. She's not going to have to go get anybody for an emergency. She can just sit down and actually relax and enjoy a drink. And so she yeah. has been, you know. So I, I, I think there's a lot of that going on as well as the people who just can't, you know, being cooped up and are probably <laughs> self-medicating. Yeah, know? that's the key word right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's definitely. See, you think it's a good idea to have me come down and visit you guys for a while, but you got to remember, this is the guy. You know, Friday night. You know, while I'm getting ready and having a couple, while I'm listening to some tunes, getting ready to go out 
for the evening. I'm already having a couple drinks just while I'm doing that. So, <laughs> you think it's a good idea for Snowy to come down, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Dude, we're going to be like the odd couple because, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm in bed by nine nowadays, you know. Ah. <sighs> I'm such an old man. It's terrible. Well, that's kind of how that's kind of how how this show works so well between you and I, because we're we're kind of both cut from the same cloth. We've both been through a lot of the same, you know, life experiences and all that. Like you, you're you're the family man, but I think every once in a while, I remind you that you're also a rocker. Okay, it's true. And, I'm a hundred percent rocker all the way in. Every once in a while, you remind me that I'm also a family man as well. Yes, so yes, you I, are. I I think that's how we work. If we're done yipping about the brewskis, do you have anything else? Oh, one last thing, man, and I'm looking to see oh, if I can yeah. find it here because interesting. So the band Trappist. Did you guys talk about the name and and what? the big deal is about being a trappist means no no i mean we touched upon his latest projects and all that but i don't think we got into the whys and wherefores and really dug into that so i was going through the um i was listening to trappist before you know before the show when we were just you know waiting to get ready here and some of the song titles obviously (laughs) no corporate beer wolves in the tap room good stuff but um Giving the right skibolt the boot. Um, that's a, a reference to the German beer purity laws. Okay. And then to be a Trappist beer, right? So for centuries, here I'm going to re- just read the read the thing here. Um, Cistercian monastic monks or Trappists have been self sufficient, eating foods they grew in fields surrounding the abbeys, making their own wine and beer for health. I love that for health thing. In parentheses, (laughs) it says, in the days before reliable drinking water um, and sustenance. And I'll come back to the drinking water thing. Uh, Many such monks migrated from France to Germany to what is now Belgium and the Netherlands, abandoned winemaking for beer brewing as the northern climate was not conducive to growing grapes. So Trappist also brewed beer for commercial sale to raise money for the monastery. So... To be a Trappist beer, it has to be brewed by monks within the walls of a monastery. Mm. That's the only way you're going to get a Trappist beer. One of the famous ones is Chimay, and I'm probably not pronouncing that right. And if uh, Chris is listening back to this, he's like, you dumb motherfucker. (laughs) You know, and I'm sorry, Chris. Um, You know, next time, hopefully you can come on. The three of us will just get like shit faced and talk about beer, which I think would be great. But... The, the Chimay, or C-H-I-M-A-Y, I can't pronounce it, um, try those. There's, there's a blue label, a red label, and I think there's even a gold label. I recommend all three, and I can't remember which one I like because they're all really strong. Um, and I think I started with those before Dragon's Milk, so they help build up my tolerance. But um, like those, those are really... Oh man, those are really flavorful. But so, to be this beer, this this Travis beer, it has to be brewed in a monastery. And the Travis Association even like created a label in the somewhere in the '90s to make sure that people aren't getting ripped off. You know, so like if you're getting a Travis beer, like it's made by monks in a monastery, and 
you know, this is like tradition passed down over years. But so the the health thing, right? So did you know that beer really was considered a healthy drink at one point? Mm, uh, I could see it. I never would have thought of it, but yeah, I could see it back then. I would have never thought it either. So in Ireland especially, because um, there's a good book I read. It was called The Search for God in Guinness, and it was all about the Guinness beer family, right? (laughs) Which I had no idea that the the Guinness beer family is also the same family that started the Guinness Book of World Records. No. I didn't know that those two were related. No. And they're related because one of the guys who ran the Guinness Beer Company was in the bar trying to like and it was basically like that no 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 this bird can fly faster than this bird and so he started the guinness book of world records so he could basically like you know tell people they're wrong kind of thing. <laughs> now yeah. that's that's fucking ego right there right man. right it's fucking amazing that's, that's... it's great <laughs> it's absolutely okay. great i love it so wow. oh. right, so so the, the the Guinness family, very Christian family, right? Very oh, Christian okay. family, and also did a lot of good for like the community. So if you worked for Guinness, you were very well educated, your family was taken care of, you had access to doctors all the time, things that people didn't have back in like the seventeen, eighteen hundreds, those kind of things, right? But um but beer was considered the healthy drink. Because, you know, if you drink the water, you get sick. Well, these Uh. geniuses were getting sick from drinking the water because they were shitting and pissing the same place they're pulling their drinking water from. Uh, Yeah, that'll do it. Right? But when you make beer, you're boiling the water. So that's sanitizing it. So that's why beer was healthy, quote unquote. (laughs) Yeah. So that, like, just have another beer. You know, yeah, that's out. that solves everything. That's that's just like, and I don't know if this is true. I don't know if this yeah. is just an old wives' tale and all that. Although I've heard nothing but men say this, <laughs> but when when you're like, oh, I'm not feeling very well. Well, okay, I'm just gonna go home and I'm just gonna have a just do three straight shots of whiskey, then I'll go to bed and I'll feel better and all that. And I'm like, yeah, really? Is that really gonna help? So you know? on, on that one, um, I, I wouldn't do like the three shots of whiskey, but my father-in-law was a big fan of the hot toddy. So it'd be like cherry juice, whiskey, honey, possibly hot water, um, but all boiling like the hot toddy thing. And it, it, it's, it, I mean, if you think about like what cough syrup is, cough syrup's mostly alcohol anyway. And a lot of medicines, quote unquote, back in the day were alcohols. Mm-hmm. And I and I don't know what the medicinal properties were. I couldn't explain to you why they work, but they do really seem to work. Okay, this hot toddy, I guess that sounds like yeah, that's would be considered. I I could see that that working. Yeah, I think if you take three shots of whiskey, that's just going to help you sleep. Pretty much, yeah. You know. Yeah, I don't see that curing your cold or anything. No. Oh, okay. If we're all done with that, we better start thinking about wrapping this up because honestly, dude, yeah, I can't, I, can't, I don't know. I can't remember drinking this much on a Monday without Sky around. 
Like for for some reason, I'm honored. She, you know, you know, like she's she she seems to be the impetus for me drinking on the week on the weeknights, you know, and all that in some way, shape, or form. Either she's serving it at Bulldogs, or she's throwing a a house show or a house party on a Tuesday night, and well, I got to be there. Come on, let's be realistic. Well, this is absolutely the most I have had to drink <laughs> on a uh, Monday night in years. There we go. There we go. Well, glad to be of service to you. Let's um, let's service some more tunage here, courtesy of Mister Dodge. He spent a short time in the band, the grindcore band. Despise you, unfortunately. He was not in the band the time they came up to Winnipeg here, and we had them on the show. That's too bad, but uh, let's get in to some Despise You from their split with a, a, a agoraphobic nosebleed. This is Despise You with They All Died is what happened.
That is another track from said split with Agoraphobic Nosebleed. That is Despise You's cover of uh, Fear and Fear's song. Well, man, tonight is definitely an episode we're never going to forget for for a number of reasons not only just finally having mr dodge on because like i said it took way too long and we're gonna have him on again sooner than later but uh just just for various other reasons i really think my um my my beer palette has been expanded here somewhat not that i'm giving up my lemmies though trust me listen there is room for beer and lemmies in this world and next time i will i will do some research and help you pick some beers out we'll we'll expand it we'll we'll get you into the world of sours some good stouts imperial stouts it'll be it'll be a good time Uh, okay i don't know about this because already too many times over the years mrs snowy has said you know who are you what happened to my husband you know, if I if I if I start getting a little too off the beaten path, I don't know, it might get kind of scary around here. How can people get a hold of us? Drop us a line, radmetal six 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 at gmail dot com. Email us if you'd like to follow me on Untapped and let me know that you're trying to stalk us, because I would love to talk beer and just you know have another beer friend here. So. <clears throat> Uh, radmetal666 at gmail.com also radmetal666 for twitter and instagram check us out there we're posting pictures i posted a picture of all the beers that i purchased that were my local beers i think they're all local except one maybe or were they all local well fairly local the white zombie beer that i did not drink on the air was north carolina Mm, yeah i want some of that um, yeah yeah like oh, we'll be trying that one like i was i was you know pulling them out in the car showing my wife i'm like look at what this one and i'm trying to explain the significance of white zombie being a horror film and then the inspiration for rob zombie and the white zombie band and then you know like kirk's guitar that's white zombie so it's you know so so many great things but anyway so those things uh hit us up on facebook.com slash radmetal Go to PureRockRadio.net to hear us first Thursday night. Check us out also on, sorry, I've been drinking, ShiningWizardsNetwork.com, <laughs> where they're with a bunch of other wrestling podcasts, such as A Wrestling Night in Canada, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is hosted by the, the amazing snowman here and Ducky that we've heard so much about on the show. And let's say that you've got nothing to do in quarantine except lick stamps and write letters. Well, you're in luck because the snowman here would like you to email us or Facebook message us and give us your address and we'll get you his address and you guys can exchange letterheads like you were 14 year olds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take, take, I, I want to go back yeah, to those old old school days back of, back, back of the days of the, uh, of the snail mail. When we would find our fellow brethren in the pen bangers section of the old Metal Forces magazine and then the pen pals section a couple years later in the Metal Maniacs and all that. Yeah, if you wanna if you wanna talk to your cool Uncle Snowy that way, I would really appreciate that and you know, everything that goes with that. So yeah, get a hold of me with that to get us on 
out of here. Let's go out with another Spaz song. I want to go out with their cover of Cryptic Slaughter's M.A.D. Mad. In between, in the meantime, and in between time, that's it. This has been a spastic episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron, and one final thing, Metalheads. When you listen to this, it will be May 8th, which is known as Motorhead Day, because today is the 8th of May! The 8th of May! (laughs) I love it, I love it! (laughs) Signing off.